Now, that leads us into Will of the Wisps, where the omnipotent voice from the first game narrates the story of the events that take place immediately after Ori and the Blind Forest. Kuro's last egg hatches, and Ku is born. Ku has a damaged wing, preventing her from being able to fly. Gumo finds a feather and attaches it to Ku's wing. Ori and Ku go off on Ku's first flight, but a storm occurs, causing them to be separated from each other and from Gumo and Naru. Again, again, <laughs> again, again, <laughs> this game starts with another rough gut punch. Was this intro as affecting as Ori in the Blind Forest, or was it less impactful after enduring the heartbreak from the first game? Mm. It's very different, because this one is, I, m- I mentioned kind of going to save your friend. You're not really doing that so much as... You know, just trying to get things back to normal and, you know, whether or not that's part of it is, you know, not really assumed at the beginning of that. However, this one, your whole objective is I've I've got to get Koo back. Um, and there's a whole other story associated with that. But that is the objective um, from the beginning of the game. Um and it right. does leave a very different impression uh, because of that. Um, normally, I don't think that would work very well, but again, they're they're so good at telling these stories without words, and it it's not even as without words this time because of the uh, the narration is a little bit more contextual here. It it gives you a little bit more of the uh, the dynamic kind of just telling you outright about the family that Ori and, and Ku and uh, Gumo and uh, Naru have, have built. And it, it just, just tells you that in, in case you didn't play the first game. Um, yeah. But they do a little but bit. Of catch I feel up like there. it's. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I, I think, I think that was kind of necessary if you didn't play the first game. I think that's kind of why they did that. Um, just so the first game isn't as necessary. Um, mm. But I, I, even with that, I feel like they did a good enough job that you, you want to save Koo whenever all that happens. Um, it doesn't feel like as much of an existential threat, like, oh, I've got to go save the world now. Um, but I think that kind of works. Um it's it's I think so too. Yeah, it's in a lot of ways it's kind of the opposite of the first story where in the first one it's more about the world around you and about what you can do for that and in this one it's more about trying to take care of your little part of it and how sometimes that means you have to look at the big picture um because a lot of the time when you're trying to accomplish just going to save coup the solution is to help everyone else um 
into a to do something for someone else um yeah and i i feel like that's kind of i i feel like they hit the hit on that in a few different ways so that it it, it I, i'm pretty sure that was intentional but it's the way i read it anyway i think so too man i think so too because when i analyze the way the story develops in will of the wisps you're absolutely right. It's like, okay, my goal, my central goal is to get Koo back. Uh, this helpless creature who that is a part of the family. And then as you, and this isn't getting too far into it, as you start to get further in the story, it, start, it starts to kind of like widen and diverge and not diverge, widen and your perspective becomes less about this one central theme. Well, yeah, I guess it would kind of diverge. Um, and you start to pick up these other objectives, too, and it becomes more and more about what's going on in the world. Uh, but they start off in this very specific, clear, pinpoint objective. And it, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's kind of the opposite of how the first game starts out, because it's they start it from such a worldly perspective. And it's it's kind of funny to me when I when you were talking about it, it made me think about how the the first game that starts out very wide and then it kind of it kind of slowly narrows because towards the end because you build towards you have saved this place and then you've developed this family and it kind of narrows <clears throat> and then obviously it it kind of reverses itself in the second game story wise but then I think about um what you said, you said that the first game kind of was a slow burn to get into at first. Um, story, or excuse me, mechanics-wise. But the mm -hmm. story, obviously, is like a quick, immediate, like, I'm in. But the mechanics take a little bit of time to get used yeah. to in the Blind Forest. And for the second game, well, the Wisp, I felt the opposite was true about this, in that the mechanics, you were instantly into the yeah, mechanics you, you of this game. You basically got the but full the story was more of a slow... Yeah. Right, but the 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 story was more more of a slow burn into it, and mm -hmm. that's what makes this intro so interesting. Is that instead of making it another catastrophic world ending thing that happens at the beginning, it's like something's happening to this small world that these four have developed. But it, that is their world at this point, at this current point mm -hmm. in time, at at this current point in their story. This is their world. And it's a different perspective. So I wouldn't say it was as impactful for me. I definitely was more drawn in immediately to the first one's uh, intro. But I think that's intentional. Yeah. Okay. So Ori goes searching for Ku, and its search leads to Qualic. A toad. A massive toad who looks over Inkwater Marsh. Qualic asks Ori to help him by getting the wellspring's wheels moving, cleaning out Niwen's water. This allows Ori to enter the eerie silent woods, the graveyard of owls, where Ku has fallen. Qualic gives Ori the voice of the forest, a wisp to guide Ori on its journey. As Ori enters the wellspring, Naru and Gumo head off in a raft 
to Niwen to find and rejoin with Ori and Ku. After encountering Shriek, a menacing-looking bird creature, Ori finds Ku. They attempt to escape Shriek, but she intervenes, and Ku is killed. Another brutal blow in the Ori story. Tell me how you felt at this point. Um, this one was tough. Um, just from a uh, <sighs> trying to think how to describe this. Um, it's it's still open game. There's still other stuff you can do, but there's basically just the one track through this section, like as as far as the meaningful progression. Um, all the way through this part, at which point it really opens up and you can go see the rest of the world. Um, the... <sighs> the, the scene, the scene with, with Ku there is just so strong because, um... You know, Ku is trying to fight off the big bad, um, and 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 save yeah. you, trying her best to save you uh, during that part. Uh, and right. you know, it, that 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 was just you know heartbreaking because you'd been trying trying to go save Ku this whole time, and uh, yeah, then. Not only can you and, not, and you're but they rendered helpless. You. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ku with her fucking broken wing, just sitting mm-hmm. there trying to peck with her tiny beak at this monstrous bird creature. Yeah, yeah. It was, <sighs> it was, it was really, really, really heartbreaking. Yeah, it's it's deep, and it doesn't help when. Uh, there's this new creature that they introduce in this game called the Moki. And the Moki are mm-hmm. these kind of lemur-like, monkey-like creatures that kind of you interact with in the game. They have side stories. They kind of give you a little bit more lore of what's happening in this universe. And mm-hmm. as Ku falls to her death, <laughs> all these sad Moki are just sitting there looking at her just kind of like just dead just sitting in this awkward position with this wing partially up and you're just like you're seeing these monkey yeah. and their heads are hanging low and their eyes are sad and you're like jesus christ man this game is just ripping my heart out and then putting it back in time after time mm-hmm. after time and man yeah it was it was so affecting and the way they did it was i would say pretty masterfully done too because they show that Shriek is about to kill Ku, but the, <laughs> then it reverts back to Ori, and then Ori has to kind of traverse this little area to find Ku dead, and then they show what happens. And it's like, you bastards. You mm-hmm. are, you are, no, they did, they did a masterful job of that scene of events. And uh, yeah, at that point, then that's kind of when you realize, okay, this is starting to, widen 
what the story is about. Like, okay. Um, yeah, it, become, it, it becomes, in some ways, about vengeance at this point, which is something that the first game kind of circumvented with Ori, because Ori wasn't trying to get vengeance for Naru. Ori was trying to figure out how to restore balance, but this time it's like one of Ori's family members has died. And even though Qualic, um, as you learn, Qualic and some of the Moki are giving some context and some lore here, and you start to get inklings of there being deeper problems within this forest, it's not mm-hmm. really concerning you at that point because you're just trying to rescue Ku. But then once once Ku dies, then you start to pay more attention to what's going on in this area. Yeah. I mean, and it was nice that it was nice that she was only dead for about three minutes, but, uh, but other than that, um, <laughs> yeah, it's still, it's still, it did, it, it re kind of recontextualized, um, what you were there to do. Um, yeah. And kind of, yeah, I, I feel like it was the thing that shook you out of just looking out for yourself, looking out for your family there. Um, like, okay, it, by necessity at that point but like um you know after ku dies um you know you take her back you know back to to the not all the way to the moki village but you know like nearby kind of where um Kaleg and and the moki hang out a bunch um yeah and uh realize that she's not dead and uh that for there to be any chance to save her, you're going to have to fix their tree spirit that, you know, also had been destroyed just like yours was before. Um, yeah. But it was quite some time ago, and there's just not a lot of it left. It's um, it's it's weird. It, it's kind of showing a world that it wasn't as bad whenever it all went to hell. Um and they managed to kind of continue some sort of life in in the new world that they're in, but you're going to need to help them if you know you're going to be able to help coup at that point. Um, Start the balance. In, in, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's that's a really interesting point, though, is that with the first game it's like just this massive cataclysmic event where it just happens like death and destruction just happens almost immediately this game it's you as you learn more about the history of where niwen has come to niwen is the forest that you end up in or the land i should say that you end up in nebel is the mm-hmm. first game's land ne uh is this or niwen is the second one sorry <laughs> kind of confusing mm-hmm. there uh, Niwen is the second land that you end up in. And with Niwen, there was kind of this slow burn into getting to where they're at now, where there's this kind of enclave of good creatures that are trying to survive. And there are these areas that have slowly been overtaken by whatever threat is happening. Yeah. And it seems like th- it's yeah, at this, it's it at this point like that you whole... learn that. Yeah, yeah, it seems like um whenever the 
guardian tree um died it it, it seems like they were struck by lightning or you know died of old age it, it's not expi- explicitly stated but the tree is split down the middle so it uh seems like it was you know uh something another Damaged another storm like way. the one that killed killed uh yeah. killed the first tree but uh everyone kind of took over part of its role and did what they could to protect their part of of the forest um kind of each doing their own thing um like building uh like machines to keep the water flowing and try to keep the corruption from building up and uh it just, like each each little region is kind of has been doing its own thing to try to stop it from all going bad um and they're all kind of yeah. failing and in their it, own way um and yeah, yeah. and it's the, i think the big difference that we got to mention here is that in the first game it was you it was ori it was the spirits that that's what mm-hmm. was there to protect nebel but in niwen uh they have these like guardians of each area you know they have qualic mm-hmm. uh they have uh bear <laughs> which is aptly named because it's a giant bear uh you have mora <laughs> which was a spider uh you have these different kind of guardian spirits that i don't know if they're spirits but these guardians that are protecting these various areas and qualic is obviously one of them and mm-hmm. you wonder at this point why like qualic you know qualic says obviously we need help like this 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 is what's going on, and you're kind of like, oh, right, well, I need Ku. And then you, after Ku dies, you start to pay more attention to what Qualic is saying, but then you're not aware of the other Guardians at this point in time, mm-hmm. and you start to wonder, well, why isn't anyone else helping? And it's at this point where you start to wonder that, why aren't the other Guardians helping this realm? Like, what is going on here? And that's and that's what exactly what you said. It kind of brings it back around. At Ku's death, you realize, okay... Yes, I've developed a life and a family here, but then you start to get the idea that maybe this isn't what Ori's life is supposed to be, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, Ori, Ori is a spirit somehow tied to these spirit trees. Ori's view needs to be more worldly because that's it, it, it starts to hint at that this is kind of what it was brought into this world for. They start to hint at that a little bit here. I believe Mm -hmm. personally, I'm trying so hard to avoid spoilers right now. (laughs) I'm trying so hard. We're going to spoil the whole thing momentarily, but yeah, try to address it as it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go on then. Let's, let's move on that (laughs) way. We don't, we don't end up spoiling the whole thing. So Ori mourns the death of Ku. Qualic tells Ori, that the spirit of the forest, or the spirit of the forest, is not at full power, so Ku cannot be saved. The spirit willow passed, which is what you were talking about, causing the light it carried to shatter and scatter across Niwen. The light shattering has caused the forest to decay and become corrupt. The corruption killed all of the willow's guardian spirits and Shriek's parents. Before she was born. 
It is here that we learn that Shriek was born into being an orphan. After wandering lonely as an infant, learning to walk by itself, learning to eat by itself, Shriek finds some fledgling owls who want to play with her. However, the parents tell Shriek to leave, leaving her to fend for herself. So, Moon Studios weaves in another tragic antagonist, and they do it in such a masterful way. And that's going to be the word of this podcast, masterful, because I've used it so many times. (laughs) Josh, you had mentioned to me that Shriek was one of your favorite character designs. While we were discussing and I was playing this game, why did you enjoy Shriek so much? Um, there's an awful lot that they do in order to try to reinforce the comparison between Shriek and Ku through the through the through the whole game. Um, where whereas uh, at the beginning, like they they go back and kind of tell you this in the section you're talking about. Um. Shriek's wings don't work at the beginning. They're they're too big for her. That it, it, she can't really do anything. She can't really move around. She doesn't walk on her legs. She kind of, you know, crawls around with her um, with her wings and like eventually builds those up. Like she, it's 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 not that her wings don't work. It's that like they're just they're so big that she hasn't grown into them and it takes it's because she's on her own trying to figure all that out takes forever and by the time you know she's able to really fend for herself she that's all she's ever done um and is just alone like that's that's she just intends that that's what's going to happen at that point um it's it's kind of I'm trying to think how to say this without continuing on it so much of this is like told at the very end and yeah trying to hit it as it happens is is yeah. really tough it's just so tough um it's very tough but um i realize i realized as i asked you the question i was like oh i i'm sure a lot of why josh has developed the ending, the love end. for that character is, is yeah exactly it's the ending but yeah this this the story like the part that I just told really, really obviously makes the care or the player feel for that character so mm-hmm. much. And it's very similar to how Kuro was in the first game where you learn what Kuro went through and yeah. in the, and the heartbreak there. And you're like, okay, well I understand the intent and the purpose of what Kuro is doing. And it's the same thing with shriek. Um, yeah, very much so. I mean, sort of, sort of. It, it's another, it's another character that is hurt and is hurting other people as a result. It, it, you know, different yes. motivation, um, for sure. And 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 like I was saying, a lot more of it mirrors Ku instead of Kuro. Um, as far I as I think so, yeah. And and I I think intentionally because it's it's so much of it is. They they were all orphans at this point. Like Ori was, Ku was, Shriek was, but inst- Shriek never had anyone to help 
watch out for and um because of that just kind of grew to hate the world like no one cares about me why should i care about anyone else and just kind of becomes hateful um because of it um yeah yeah it's 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 interesting to see now that like you mentioned that comparison between shriek and ku is ku was fortunate enough to be in a position where as she was orphaned that she happened upon a family and a mm-hmm. family that accepted her. And it's kind of, it's interesting. It's, I don't know if it's ironic or it's coincidental. I don't, cause I, I actually sometimes <laughs> struggle with the definition between those two, but I think it was, I would say it is ironic that Shriek is also orphaned at birth and the people that accept her are Ku's kind. Like the, the, the age range and the species but mm-hmm. it's the adults that don't accept her and it's kind of ironic it's the same creature ku is or the same species um that she doesn't end up with but the one that shriek almost ends up with is her kind and yeah. it's kind of interesting that like if their positions were reversed they would have both been okay <laughs> yeah it's something I actually yeah. didn't think about until you mentioned it. It's really interesting. Huh. Yeah, I love Shriek, to be honest with you. Um, when you said it to me, because I, I was playing on stream, I remember when you said it, and I was like, I don't, I don't really see the appeal of Shriek all that much. Like, her, <laughs> char- her character design is cool, but, like, I hadn't, got to, hadn't gotten to this point in the game yet. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I don't, really, I don't really get the appeal here. And then as soon as this happened... Just like the first game, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I shouldn't have had any doubt. It's my <laughs> fault. <laughs> my fault. Sorry, Moon Studio. Sorry, Josh. And uh, I, yeah, she's a very compelling character. I, I liked her a lot. And it's weird to like the antagonist. As, well, this particular antagonist as much as the rest of the characters. It's it's weird feeling. Not necessarily mm-hmm. wrong or bad, just weird. But um, let's move on. So as Ori is working on recovering the wisps throughout the forest, encountering the guardians, rescuing Mora, um, whether or not you interact with Bear, Bear at this point, Ori runs into Qualic again, who has been controlled by a hostile creature. Ori breaks the hold allowing Qualloch to kill the hostile creature. However, the control drained Qualloch's life force, and in his final moments, Qualloch asks Ori to guard and guide the forest. So for me personally, it was at this point, it was at this point that I realized that this game was pulling no punches. Moon Studios made a statement that the stakes were higher with this game after this sequence. I was distraught by the death of Qualloch, um, but I was aware of their intentions. I understood what they were trying to go for. Did you feel that this was the point where it's clear that the stakes were being raised in this whole story? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I mentioned before how each each different region kind of has its own guardian that's supposed to be taking care of it um, ever since the tree died. Um, 
and the bear had basically fallen asleep and is, you know, sleeping through his job and is dreaming of a better time and is not really doing an awful lot to help it. But then again, it it's an icy mountain. There's not a lot there to protect. He's, he's just kind of, his stance is, I'm going to wait this out. And that's the whole, um, your your time going through that is, you know, warming the mountain back up, you know, waking it up, bringing spring back, making them kind of see, okay, there's there's life there. There's something to protect. Qualeg uh, is supposed to be protecting the waters there and is, you know, doing what he can, but it's still in a bad way, which is kind of, um, I, I think that creature is just kind of, not the corruption as a whole, but, you know, just kind of, a manifestation of it. A manifestation of that, because that creature uh, earlier on had been what was gumming up the uh, the windmill that was supposed to be keeping the waters fresh, which was, yes. you know, since the spirit couldn't do it on its own, and on its since you know since it since it died, um, this this machine was supposed to do it, but the corruption had just gummed that up as well, um, and. You know, so they've got one guardian sleeping on the job. Uh, the other one, sort of, is uh, Mora, the spider, who's also been controlled at that point, but, um, you know, doesn't die whenever you're able to, you know, break its hold over uh, like Qualic does. Um, but yeah, when, when Qualic dies after that encounter, you realize there's there's not really anyone to hold this all together like you've been doing what you can to try to help them salvage what 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 they have left of the world at that point um and it's kind of at that point that you wonder what they'll be able to do like because i mean it got to this point once um so yeah the, the stakes do yeah. seem significantly higher without uh without one of the spirits still there trying to you know watch over the the region yeah and hearing you actually talk about bear brought up an interesting point for me again that i didn't entirely think about i kind of think existed within me but i didn't i haven't really put it into words is that bear is sleeping through winter because it's guarding the mountain. And obviously bears are uh, prone to hibernation. So it's interesting to me that was this a force of nature that just came at the right time, which is something we were talking about earlier. Is it a force of nature? Is it just what happens? Cause that's how bears work. You know, that's what they've evolved into. Or was it this corruption that, purposely brought about winter in this particular area because it's mentioned after you clear this area like after you do everything you're supposed to do you get the the wisp that uh he says winter is leaving it's starting to become spring and so he starts to wake up and Mm -hmm. be more lively and it's like okay was this the corruption that caused this winter or was it this force of nature or is it this bear truly just apathetic and feels hopeless, you know? And there's kind of this well, hint at 
all three of these in, in some regards. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's not stated outright, but theming-wise, um, as you warm the mountain up, as you're going through, you're waking a whole lot more of the monsters up as you do it. A lot of them had been true. frozen in all this, and it's it seems in a way that just trying to sleep through it, keep the mountain in the state it's in, is, you know, not doing a lot, but he's trying to stop it from getting worse. He's dreaming of a spring that might come eventually, but he can't do anything about it. Um, it, it seems like it just kind of, well, that's just the approach. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wait this out. I'm going to hunker down. We're going to, we're going to, we'll hopefully get through this. It's not going to be the same, but um, it, it, I don't know that I kind of was getting that impression. Um, yeah, I could, I could see that being the case. Yeah. That where basically he was probably more hunkering down because like you said, the monsters were still more, largely frozen as well. There are still some available, but largely frozen. So he's like, I can't really do anything at this current point in time, so I'm going to wait. That's also a good point too. Yeah. But it's just it's interesting. I like I think you're right that it's hinted at, but I like that they also leave it a bit ambiguous because it adds yeah. to the complexity of the creatures that you encounter in this game. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. So eventually Ori gathers the five wisps and merges them together, reforming Sayer. So not Sane, but Sayer. <laughs> Slightly different. <clears throat> they head off to the Spirit Willow, but Shriek heads them off. Sayer attacks Shriek, but Ori stops the golden light. Ori offers compassion, but Shriek rejects it and flies off. At the same time, Naru and Gumo arrive at Niwen. Ori and Sayer arrive at the Spirit Willow, and Sayer revives it. The Willow tells Ori that it cannot carry Sayer any longer, and that Ori must merge with Sayer. Ori would have to leave its old life behind and become a spirit again. As Sayer is returning to Ori, Shriek interferes and kidnaps Sayer. Ori and Shriek fight one final time. Shriek, unwilling to accept the kindness and light after being defeated, flies back to her decayed, frozen parents, where she passes. I think that this was a major difference worth noting here, Josh, is that in the first game, we see a level of redemption with Kuro. But in this game, Shriek receives none, as she is unable to see past her pain and hatred. Do you think showing these opposing twists to their stories is a conscientious choice by the developers? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. The... Uh... Hmm. The 
the, the the even even at the end there not knowing how to accept someone um caring about you is so different um to the way the first one wraps up with you know like that that's all it took to you know finally recognizing oh like i'm i'm clearly i'm clearly doing the thing that i was so angry about um and 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 yeah it's 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 hmm. i i think that's part of the reason why um why shriek just stood out to me so much because it is a character that has had it just just didn't didn't have that exposure and i think in a lot of times it, that character would be written as just a psychopath someone who's you know completely lost touch with all reality but also isn't worth the the effort to to try uh to try to save whereas they they kind of go out of their way to show that it's it's always worth the effort even if they're not willing to accept it um in this game and i and i i i just i really liked that about about how they told that story yeah <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> sorry i I think a big noticeable difference here is that obviously um, Kuro, she's been able to live in, for, for as far as we can tell, a relatively normal life up to the point that the cataclysmic event happens and tragedy strikes her. Up until that point, mm-hmm. I'm sure she had normal hardships that other owls do, but, <laughs> you know, she, had a, for the she man. had a normal life at that point. Yeah. Nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But with with Shriek, you learn that there's one scene, one moment in Shriek's life that she ever has true happiness. And that's when those fledgling owls want to play with her. That is her one moment of happiness mm-hmm. in her entire life. That is yep. one of the two moments in the game that anyone ever offers her compassion. Or understanding. The other being when Ori offers his love and compassion to her. And she's not really tempted by it because she is too hurt and too far gone at that point. But I think it's worth noting here because we had mentioned in the talk of game one that one of the central themes, I think, in this entire story is when tragedy happens, when terrible events happen. It's how you act and react that defines you as a person. And I think that they showed two obviously very different stories and very different outcomes, but they used these two antagonists to show different reactions and how you could approach that when something tragic occurs. You know, they give Kuro a level of redemption. Because that's that's one approach you can take. And obviously there are a multitude of approaches you can take 
when something bad occurs that you have no control over. Uh, we see Kuro try and make things right. With Shriek, obviously born into a situation where she was destined to lose, she makes a different choice. And we we feel a deep level of, well, or at least I did, and I know you did. I can't speak for everyone, but I felt a deep level of empathy because I relate it to so many other things in my life as well as, you know, we, we see, we see people do bad things or make bad choices. And sometimes we point it out as they're just inherently bad people, or they're inherently people who are out of touch with reality. And that very well may be true, you know, um, for anyone that we say that about, but it's until we understand the person's life story and what it's led to them being at the point that they are, that I think that we can definitively pass judgment or we can make informed opinions about the, these situations or these people. You know, we look at, I'm trying so hard not to make this about politics or anything or get too specific, but... <laughs> We we look at certain situations and we're like, okay, this person made a really, really bad choice. But why did they make a bad choice? Oh, we learned that, you know, at the age of six that they went through the orphanage system and they didn't really have someone there to teach them. Okay, well, we get that. Versus, you know, maybe someone else who has had everything in their life and they continue to make bad decisions. Uh, not quoting anyone in particular here, but... um making very, very, very poor decisions and it affects people on a global scale. And then we look at that and we're like, okay, well, I'm informed enough or maybe I'm not informed enough. And you look at the judgments you pass. And I think it's just really informative for our day-to-day lives. And that's why I, that's why I loved these stories so much is because they have so much important how do i word this there's a level of importance there that applies to my daily life to your daily life to everyone's mm-hmm. daily lives and they use a lot of imagery they use a lot of thematic elements to drive that point home and they did it so well and shriek is kind of the embodiment of of a lot of things that i think we we encounter in our daily lives. We look at people who are addicted to drugs and we're like, well, you're a dumbass who made a dumb decision. Well, no, 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 no. Like it's more complex than that. Let's not, let's not simplify an issue that is very complex, you know, for example. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Shriek was kind of the embodiment of that. And in a lot of ways, um, I think that I found a lot more to apply to my life through viewing Shriek's story, but I think be, it's more impactful because of what we saw Kuro went through. So I think that those have to be compared, mm-hmm. and I think that was intentional. Yeah, yeah, I and I, I think... Yeah, I, I feel like they tried to make it even more obvious what, like, kind of, if if there is a message from these two games... It it's I, they both have really complex antagonists, um, 
and in the first game you're really supposed to identify with you know with, with Kuro and and her you know just being mad trying to save her her kids mad cuz you know and in the the second game like they 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 have a similar thing but i feel like they don't give you that context until later um yeah. they kind of they they want you to get an initial impression of this character of shriek as just you know completely a monster and then turn that around on you and and not just that they're they're showing they're they're trying to make you have that judgment and then change it but also showing that the reason Shriek became this was because of that same snap judgment, oh, I'm not going to accept you. Because, like, the whole reason she thinks she needs to be alone is because she was told that. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> that's what happened. Like, oh, I'm, I must be a monster, everyone tells me I am. Um, and kind of seeing what that can lead to and, and showing... You know, because cause you're not getting that context, and then they, they let you in on it, kind of showing you that there's... Even with a character that, at, at that point, you hate, because they've they've hurt your family. Again, um... Yeah, just just showing that it, it's worth being a little more empathetic. Like, just in, in basically every situation. Um... It's just... It can, it can, it can help so many things. Just thinking about somebody else for half a second, even so. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, it was, it was so heartbreaking to see Shriek fly back to her parents just to like curl up underneath their body, like underneath their. Mm-hmm. Um, their spanned out wings and just curl into kind of a fetal position and just die. Man, that just wrecked. Well, they didn't wreck me, but I just felt so bad for that character. I was like, Jesus Christ. This I character don't know does if not. They died or not. Like, they, they. I don't see any reason why they died. It didn't. I don't know. That the parents or no no the parents were obviously dead because that they'd been dead for basically since the cataclysm you could kind of see yeah there's a you know, kind of a parallel there between them and and Ku's parents um yeah whereas you know Ku's mom failed to save her children other other than Ku um who she thought was yeah. dead whereas you know Shriek's parents died and because of that you know their nest was spared after the the cataclysm um but shriek was left alone for all of that um but yeah i don't i don't know i I didn't get that she died at the end there um it just seemed like she was wasn't willing to to stop being alone if if nothing else um it's interesting that you took that perspective because I definitely thought she died because the way, like, her, like, her, it looks like her body just shuts down. Like, she's clearly injured because she's having a hard time flying mm-hmm. to where her parents are. 
Um, and then she, she's like kind of like trying to get in there, and then she just kind of like her body just kind of goes limp. So I had thought she had died. Maybe she didn't. It does leave it open ended, for sure. It for sure does leave it open ended. They never say whether or not she dies. I assumed that she died, um, but maybe she didn't, and maybe that's the point. Yeah, I I don't know. It uh, with everything else that happens in the story, there's not really a prefer- preference one way or the other as far as you know, you know, a narrative theme going on there um yeah yeah i would agree with that i would agree with that all right so we have the very last segment of the story the big big thing that happens even though that shriek dying was big ori limps to sayer and merges with it which restores niwan forest and revives ku and her damaged wing Naru and Gumo arrive to see the revival of Ku. Together, the three go to where Ori and Sayer merged to find a new baby spirit tree growing. They work together to help the tree grow and flourish. The narrator reveals that he was Ori all along, telling the story of his past life. Over time, the spirit tree completely grows with life beginning again. We slowly see Ku grow and eventually fly off to live its own life. We see Gumo, the last of its kind, slowly pass away. We see Saru as she's left alone with Ori again. And she passes away on top of Ori the tree and we see the game end with the cycle starting over as a new spirit guardian falls from this new spirit tree the end of an amazing story (laughs) so how did you feel about the reveal of ori being the narrator all along I was fairly pleased with that. I I liked, um, I liked the way they did that. Um, because yeah. they they give you this sense at the beginning that you know it's this story from long ago, and they're gonna tell you, uh, you know, you know, uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but. Uh, yeah. You get the feeling that it's this big important thing that you're going to do, but you're trying to save your family, and it seems a little strange. And then you know, but the narration kind of keeps insisting. It 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 does, like you mentioned before, this feeling near the middle where you kind of start to realize your destiny, and I feel like the narration kind of starts hinting at that a little bit more at that point, um, like. You you see all all that stuff you were doing before. Like now, now we're doing the important stuff. Like this is the things that actually made a difference when you started, you know, thinking about the big picture. Um, and then having that reveal that you know now, of course that's the way you think. You're you're it's your job to watch over the whole 
the whole forest, the whole uh, Niwan area. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I thought it was done really, really well. Um, and, and, and not just that reveal, but then also kind of showing how even though you're a tree at this point, how the family kind of continues to look out for each other. Um, you know, with at that point, Ori obviously kind of bringing life back to the area. So everyone's thriving a lot more and just making, making, making life better for, uh, for Ku and Gumo and, and for everybody. Um, but then them also, you know, kind of making their home near the tree and, you know, yeah. constantly hanging out on, you know, in its branches and, and stuff, just, just like they're still a family. And I thought that was just a really cool way to, to, to have that end. That's true. So that actually leads into my next question. The ending, was it perfect or just damn good? <laughs> I, I think it was pretty close to perfect. Um, because me too like like you said with the whole another leaf falling showing that you know uh, the, the you know another one of the gardening spirits fell they they'd already shown from like other you know Niwon was a, it seemed a little more populated or maybe it was just that not everybody had died and that was completely completely destroyed um but they they have all these pictures of apparently tons of guardians like there's all these different spirits in the forest that were you know so supposed to help keep it um safe and all that and you're kind of leaving off with the first one of those little spirit leaves dropping just gave it this feeling that nothing's over like everything's over. Like all the characters you knew are gone. Um, I mean, like, like we're splitting hairs with whether or not um, Shriek dies at the end because the end is years and years later, and obviously she would have been dead by that point anyway. Um, but yeah, just kind of showing that the world continued on, and there, there's 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 more happening there. But it it didn't feel like uh, teaser for the next game. It felt like, of course, it's going to go on. Like there's there's no feeling of something left to be resolved. It's just this story is over. There are tons of other stories. It it it, it had such a it had the feeling of the finale of Adventure Time. It was, it was, of course the world mm-hmm. has moved on. Not everyone has in it. Um, just the whole idea of the show being, you know, oh, it was just BMO <laughs> telling some neighborhood kids about some fun times she used to have forever ago. Like, yeah. It, it, it's got that sort of a feeling to it. Like, this is all something that happened long ago, and it was really important for everyone there, but you might not notice it now. Um, and that sort of a feeling is, I, I just, I love that. I, it's just, I thought it was done so well. I think so too, man. Yeah. I, I was blown away. Well, I wouldn't say, I keep trying not, I'm trying to avoid <laughs> hyperbole here. 
but it shocked me for sure that the narrator was actually Ori all along. I had a lot of I had a lot of feelings about where the story was going to end up, which didn't detract at all. Like some people, they don't want to be able to predict the ending of a story. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I don't mind that. Sometimes I do, and this particular story didn't bother me at all. Um, with Ori being the narrator, I had some vague suspicions, but it still shocked me when it happened. And um, the ending was, like you said, almost perfect. It was damn close to being a perfect ending. And they did such a good job because the way the very first game starts is with a montage. The way they end the game is with a montage. And when they show people going off or passing away, they do it in the order to which the, they entered the family. Because Ku obviously leaves first. And mm-hmm. then Gumo, unfortunately. And then, um, how did I just magically forget her name? Naru. Naru, sorry. Uh, Naru. <clears throat> and... Yeah, you're absolutely right in just that I I like that the game didn't leave it like, oh, there might be a sequel, but they they leave it open-ended, but they leave it open-ended to the point of where, like, if they ever feel like there's another story to tell, they have the option, but I love that it feels like if they never touched it again and they left Ori as just these two games, that's perfectly okay. Because mm-hmm. you're you're absolutely right. You're aware of the fact that things go on and things continue. And I think it's interesting that you took it as Shriek didn't die. I took it as Shriek did die. Because if Shriek didn't die, then it's just further em- emphasizing the central theme of this story of life is going to continue moving on. These bad things are going to c- continue to happen it's the choices that we make or we don't make that define us. And it'd be interesting to think about when considering this thematic element that, or this theme, excuse me, that Shriek didn't die, but she didn't move on while the rest of the world did. Um, Mm -hmm. Not necessarily to think about, well, what's Shriek doing now? It's more along the lines of this happens to people. This happens every day. Is that the world continues to move on. world continues to evolve relationships evolve everything in our life evolves you know it changes and there are some people that recognize that and realize that they have to continue to evolve with the changing of times the changing of events the changing of relationships and then there are others who can't accept that and um yeah it was so heartwarming to see um the family together again with Ori, the tree, the spirit tree. I mm-hmm. I found myself at the end, admittedly, wishing that we got a little bit more from Naru and Gumo throughout the game. I found myself just a little bit wanting a little bit more from them, but that's just my mm-hmm. own selfishness. I wanted more because I loved those characters so much. But I think that's kind of the point, too, when I think about it of those characters is you have this time with these characters. You have this time with these people in your life, these situations in your life, and you have to savor every moment that you get to exist exactly in that moment, because Mm -hmm. things will change and move on with or without you there. 
and I think that was kind of the point as well. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit, um, and that's fine with me. I don't know. doesn't matter. I be- I, I'm going to believe that that was the point of that all along. And, uh, yeah, the ending is just phenomenal, dude. It is so good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really don't know what they could have done to make it a better ending. I mean, nothing really comes to mind. Like, anything else would have been... Like, obviously, they didn't tie up any of the... Stories, like, the the little threads here and there. Like, oh, what happens to all the spiders? What happens to the Moki? It's it's kind of assumed, oh, things get better for them, because Ori is there to watch over the region, but it's none of it's, like, touched on. But I also don't feel like any of it needed to be... Um, no. No, I, I, I'm I feel glad like the, that they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like focusing on that would have made you stop and think about it, like more. And that wasn't the that wasn't the point. Because, um, like the again, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, 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 think, I think they did the an excellent thing... job. I think so too. I think the only thing that would have made it better is if uh, Kuro suddenly revived and started going back to work her nine to five. I think that would have been the perfect ending <laughs> for me. I'm mm-hmm. just kidding. No, get I, that, I honestly get that stock market stock market back up. <laughs> <laughs> it needs it right now, but um, yeah, I I can't think of a better way for them to have ended the game. I said it's damn near perfect. I don't. Again, I'm trying to avoid hyperbole. I've been trying so hard to avoid it this entire two-parter. But I can't think of a better way to end the game, to be honest with you. And I I love that the, the strongest themes that this game set out to discuss, to tell a story about, to make the player think about, felt like they got their natural conclusion and it was heartwarming. It was sad. It wasn't neat and tidy. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they, they did it very well. It was very well done. I can't think of anything else they could have done. Yeah. No, so. like it, it worked perfectly for like the rest of the themes they were trying to get across. And I think that's what made it work so perfectly. Cause I think most endings, it's not like, oh, you need to wrap up all your little story threads and this, that, and the other. Like, I th- the important part is having your thematic resolution. Like, what what is the whole thing about? And making sure that that is addressed. I mean, yeah. something like... I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. As long as we're spoiling all the things, something like... Think, like the ending of The ending of M.A.S.H., like the the whole point of that is, you know, you know, people trying their best to make the be- the best of a just a fucking absurd situation, and the end of it is that it just ends. They get the order; it's time to go. They all go, and yeah. the feeling that it leaves you there with is it, like it just it's it's giving you that. It's like why were they even here? Like there's no reason. Like that's it was. This whole thing was, you know, 
just just given that it, yeah it i i got a similar sort of feeling from the vibe of this one like they 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 resolved all those um you know all all, all the themes of you know uh be excellent to each other and you know try try a little empathy every now and then um, yeah like they they did they did that so well like and and showing kind of with, with with you turning into the tree there how um you know looking out for each other is not always what you think it's going to be um and they just, yeah. they did it so well so. interesting yeah that's funny you drew a parallel to mash the parallel i drew well, well not like enough, like from itself but like from yeah from the way the ending is, is specifically designed to wrap up the themes more than the the story like we've got to tie right, up right, all right. the loose ends here and there and it's less about that than about um you know what, what what's what's the point of all this and and i feel like it's getting the point uh addressed so so squarely that it's just it works wonderfully yeah i i think you're right i think i think that's a great comparison the comparison i drew funnily enough was to star trek deep space nine mm. because i think i think about captain cisco and he comes to the space station uh basically to get up and running for the federation and then he starts over the course of the seven seasons slowly gets involved into the religious aspect of the Bajoran people, the prophets. And there was a lot of parallelism for me between Ori and Cisco in that Ori kind of happens upon this situation, um, is aware of, you know, what it or Cisco thought was its prime objective, which is to defend this area um blah 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 and then kind of develops this like this bond of like intimacy with where they live in their current situation and then they learn they get kind of like this uh slap in the face like no this is like i'm glad you're happy here but this is not your this is not your life's goal this is not what you're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. and where they end up is very similar uh, and I, I'll try my best not to spoil. Not that I'd care that yeah. you spoiled Mash at all. I couldn't give well, a shit less. I, I felt but, like that one wasn't a huge spoiler because it's like, again, it's it's not. It's the theme. It's, it's like a, it's, yeah. like it's this is an anti-war yeah. show. Like like of course they were yeah. here for nothing. Of course they just go away at the end. Uh, like that's exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. Anyway, I shouldn't be worried about spoilers. DS Nine has been out for <laughs> a bunch of years. But like, um, basically, there's a lot of parallelism to the way to which Ori's story ends up, and the way that Cisco's story ends up. There's a there yeah. there are a lot of similarities there, and it's kind of funny because the ending of DS9 is kind of similar, where there's a lot of the loose ends are tightened up, but they're not so tight to where you feel like you know exactly what's going to happen next. You know, like you have these characters in DS9, mm -hmm. they're kind of diver like their, their paths came together, but now they are diverging and they're going on their way. Life moves on, things change. You got to change with it. And that's kind yeah. of 
somewhat similar, somewhat different to what uh, the Will of the Wisps was going for, because they still came together for Ori and to be a family, but eventually their paths start to diverge. Uh, mm-hmm. Ku goes off on her own, the other two pass away, and things change. And, um, yeah, man, that ending, dude. That ending. All the feels. Like, when I finished it, because I finished it yesterday, I just, like, sat in my chair for a while, and I just... It's rare that I sit there and watch credits, to be honest with you. I'm I'm a I'm a bad person in that way. I don't watch credits. <laughs> but I sat I sat there and I was, I was just watch I was listening to the music, watching the credits and I was like, "Damn." And I was just reflecting on everything, just kind of letting it wash over me and so happy, so happy that this game came out. And I'm mm-hmm. so happy that I sat down to play the first one before I played this one. Yeah, this I know this game, like, when it comes to end of the year, is probably not going to get the love it deserves, I don't think. And that's fine. Like, it's getting it's getting put out with things like The Last of Us Part 2 and the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it's going to go up against a bunch of other amazing games, so I get it. But, man, if I could, if I could implore anything from this podcast, if we've been talking for two-plus hours, if it's not clear, you need to play this game. This game is absolutely incredible. Um, it's it's one of those rare titles that the story is. It's a not use hyperbole, almost flawless, and the character development is almost flawless, and it's riveting, and it keeps you engaged the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I understand times right now are busy and rocky with finances or with other games being out, but you do not want to miss this game this year. You do not want to miss it. At least that's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. I'm no, sure you this feel is, the same way. It, yeah, exactly. There have been. Yeah. 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 Like there, there are a lot of games that are the big games that you want to talk about more so. So you don't feel out of the loop. Um, but this one I feel like is is just one that you kind of want to play for yourself. Um, like it's it's you, you you need it. You you need a little bit of this in your life. It's just it's it's good for you, whether you talk about it with somebody else or not. Um, yeah, it's just the sort of thing that just kind of it's just it's it's edifying in the way a lot of games aren't. Um. Yes, that is a perfect way to put that. You look at things like Animal yeah. Crossing and Doom, which are comfort food in a lot of ways, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I am not saying anything negative about that at all. Yeah, I'm actually very happy that people have those games right now to kind of help themselves process what is going on. And mm-hmm. I think it's important medium or media like that exist in this medium because it helps people this game is i understand not going to be for everybody because of exactly what you said josh it is edifying it it is a game that you're like why am i going to go play a game that's partially depressing and sad when i'm living (laughs) through that in real life i totally get that i totally do but yeah i also think it's a, a very very loose blueprint for how you yourself can approach what is currently happening in the world. 
Um, obviously, there's a lot of it that is out of your control. And that's a lot of what the thematic um, elements are in this two-part story. And it's all about how we react, how we handle it, and come out of it. So I, I think that, if anything, this game released right when it needed to. Yeah. I would argue. Until yeah. I... Uh, passed away on top of the spirit tree and life moved on <laughs> so to speak but that's going to do it that's going to wrap it up josh i want to thank you for sitting here talking with me for two plus hours about these amazing games thank you so much for being here mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun way too much fun and um, it was way too much fun yeah, for... <laughs> yeah. No, there's no such thing right now no such thing right now mm-hmm. but um I do want to say thank you to the patrons. I know it's troubling times right now. I know you guys are, a lot of you are struggling financially, mentally, probably physically. Uh, just remember to keep your head up. Just remember that um, times right now are tough, but they're not going to last. Just remember to take care of yourselves. Do the physical things that people have been telling you to do, like wash your hands, social distancing, drink lots of water. Make sure you're t- taking care of your mental health, too. Do not neglect that. During this time, it can be just as hazardous. Um, and just remember that even though times are difficult right now, to just be empathetic and kind to one no- another, and especially yourself. And we will all get through this together. And I just want to thank you guys so much um, for continuing to be a shining light to us and um hopefully we can do the same for you and um we'll go forward together so thank you for being here and hopefully you guys enjoy these two episodes and uh, be well 